1: Lucy Letby is accused of the murder of seven babies and the attempted murder of ten others. While she was working on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Letby denies all of the charges over the incidents. Lucy Letby was the only person working on the night shift. It was alleged in court that their mother was apparently told by Miss Letby, trust me, I'm a nurse. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of crimes, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose
2: very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven children and injuring 10 more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. In total, there are 22 charges, all of which she denies. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I'll be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist.
1: Every week on this podcast, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details
2: behind the headlines. This is The Trial of Lucy Letby.
1: Welcome to episode five of The Trial of Lucy Letby, where we get behind the headlines of this case and bring you the detail the jury are hearing in this Manchester court.
2: The babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. They're known only as Babies A to Q. The prosecution case is that each one of these babies was attacked while they were being cared for in the special care baby unit by the very person whose job it was to look after them. Seven of the babies died.
1: Ten survived. The jury is now hearing about each baby in turn. So, we're going to focus each episode of this podcast on each baby, what the prosecution say happened to them, when and how. And in each case, we'll explain why the defence, say Lucy Letby, did not harm or kill any of the babies in her care.
2: As we heard when we spoke to media law expert David Banks back in episode one, Caroline, the importance of a fair trial is paramount. So, we won't be explaining anything in this podcast that the jury have not heard already because they are the 12 people who have to decide the outcome of this case.
1: Every one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter, and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was
2: allegedly killed or harmed. Welcome to Episode 5, Baby C.
1: Baby C was tiny. He weighed less than two pounds when he was born by Caesarean section ten weeks early, in June 2015.
2: The nurse looking after Baby C described him as the smallest baby she'd ever seen. And there'd been problems with his mother's pregnancy, which meant blood
1: flow to the placenta was abnormal. And this had restricted his growth in the womb, and so he was only half the size he should have been for his gestation.
2: Doctors actually were worried he might be stillborn. So, despite his size, he was delivered early at 30 weeks.
1: Now, he was immediately placed in nursery one, and we've heard in previous episodes that nursery one was where the most vulnerable babies were cared for at the Countess. But even from birth, he was described by Sophie Ellis, who is the nurse looking after him as a feisty little baby, because he was active, wriggling around and pulling out his tubes. So, although he was tiny, weighing less than a bag of sugar, Liz... The prosecution say Baby C was doing well.
2: That's right, the jury have heard that he didn't need resuscitating at birth and although he had a few problems, he had some breathing difficulties and he was being treated for pneumonia, the doctors actually thought that he was getting better. In fact, he was considered stable enough for his breathing support to be reduced and for them to start feeding him.
1: But on the evening of June 13th, 2015, Baby C suddenly collapsed and he died. And just to keep up with the timeline here, Liz, this was four nights after the collapse of baby B and five nights after the collapse and death of baby A. So three serious incidents in the space of a week.
2: Yes, and the prosecution say that Lucy Letby was responsible for all three attacks. She allegedly killed two baby boys and harmed a baby girl in that short time. So, Liz, take us back to the hours after baby C was born. We've heard in previous episodes that the system of care at the Countess was for each baby to have a designated nurse. The jury have heard that on the night shift of June the 13th, Lucy Letby was not the designated nurse for baby C. In fact, the shift leader had assigned her to nursery three, where another baby boy, who can't be named and isn't involved in the trial, was showing signs of respiratory distress. She wanted Lucy Letby, who by then was an experienced Band 6 nurse, to keep a close eye on him. So Lucy Letby
1: was in nursery three on the night shift of June the 13th. And BBC's designated nurse was called Sophie Ellis. Now, she was newly qualified and she hadn't had any specialist training, but she was assigned to look after him under the supervision of a more experienced nurse called Melanie Taylor. And that was in nursery one. And at 11 o'clock that night, Sophie Ellis gave baby C his first feed of milk, which was 0.5 millilitres. That's right, isn't it, Liz?
2: Yes, obviously that's a tiny amount, but the doctors had held off giving baby C any milk at all until then because nurses had aspirated, which basically means drawn out, some dark black bile from his stomach through his feeding tube in the hours previous. So they weren't unduly concerned, but they had decided to keep an eye on him and feed him intravenously, rather than giving him milk straight away. But the jury heard that by the evening doctors were happy with his progress, and decided that feeds could begin. So it was fifteen minutes after that first
1: feed from Sophie Ellis at eleven o'clock at night that Baby C stopped breathing.
2: Yes, yeah, she told the jury that she'd nipped out of the nursery for just for a few moments. She couldn't remember exactly how long she was away but she said it wasn't very long and then returned when she heard the alarm go off. Now this was the alarm that was monitoring baby C's breathing and heart rate and when she came back into nursery one she said Lucy Letby was there standing over baby C's incubator. Sophie Ellis said Lucy Letby had told her he just had a brady and a d-sat which in layman's terms means his heart rate had dropped and the oxygen levels in his blood had fallen. OK, but he recovered actually quickly at that point, didn't he? Without any intervention
1: and his breathing returned to normal on its own. And I think the jury were told Sophie Ellis went to work on a computer in the same room. It was in nursery one, opposite baby C's cot. Now, Liz, could she see him?
2: No, Sophie Ellis said that she had her back to baby C's cot. But then 15 minutes later, he collapsed again. She turned away from the computer to attend to baby C and she said she saw Lucy Letby at his cot side again. And Liz, he'd stopped
1: breathing again, but this time he didn't recover on his own.
2: No, he didn't, and the shift leader, who is a nurse we can't name for legal reasons, rushed in to help. Sophie Ellis and Lucy Letby tried to give baby C rescue breaths with an oxygen mask, but he didn't respond, so Sophie Ellis was sent to put out what's called a crash call. That's the emergency call to the doctors on duty to come urgently.
1: So I think by this point a number of nurses were doing CPR, but it wasn't working. And the court heard that it was Lucy Letby who suggested using a tube. Now this was called a Goudel, and that was to open
2: baby C's airway. Yeah, Mel Taylor, the senior nurse supervising Sophie Ellis, said she'd never used such a device before and she described Lucy Letby as being cool and very calm as the situation unfolded.
1: It was around 11 minutes after baby C collapsed that the doctor on duty, Catherine Davis, arrived. Now, by this point, it was 11.26pm and like in the cases of baby A and baby B, one of the nursing team rushed to get baby C's mother. Now, she's a doctor herself, actually. She's a GP, and she was recovering from her cesarean section on a ward upstairs.
2: Yeah, that's right, Caroline. The mother of baby C arrived in nursery one and saw doctors and nurses desperately trying to save her son. The jury were read a statement she gave to the police afterwards. Her words have been voiced by an actor. I ran down to the unit where I could see CPR was being performed. It was explained that his heart rate had suddenly dropped and he had stopped breathing without any reason. This had been sudden and very unexpected. They'd given him a very small amount of milk a few minutes before, but they didn't think this was relevant. I didn't really take in what was happening and didn't take in the severity of the situation until a nurse came up and asked whether I wanted someone to call a priest. I remember feeling quite shocked and I asked if she thought he was going to die. She responded, yes, I think so. I was surprised that this piece of information came from a nurse rather than a doctor. And I think it became clear shortly after
1: midnight, Liz, that baby C couldn't be saved. But unusually, he survived for five more hours, eventually dying at 5.58am on June 14th. And this detail is particularly distressing, Liz.
2: Yeah, the registrar and consultant who tried to help Baby C told jurors his lack of response to resuscitation attempts was actually very unusual. Dr Davis said the baby didn't have a heartbeat when she arrived. And despite his prematurity, she thought it was very unusual that he did not respond at all. She actually told the jury, even the smallest, sickest babies will usually respond in
1: some way, even if only for a brief period of time. We get them back for a short period. They may go on to have subsequent arrests, but this was very unusual that he had absolutely no response.
2: And when the doctors realised Baby C was not going to survive, they agreed to continue minimal resuscitation to keep him alive until a Church of England vicar and a Catholic priest arrived to baptise him. But during this time, Baby C's heartbeat and breathing returned faintly Something Dr John Gibbs, the consultant on call that night, told the jury he just couldn't explain. His words are voiced by an actor.
1: Surprisingly, while we were waiting for the two ministers, there were some signs of life. I hadn't been expecting that. I was not sure initially what to do because we had stopped full resuscitation. We were only performing a token resuscitation to allow him to be christened. I'm not sure why his breathing, occasional gasps and his heartbeats restarted. It was five hours later when finally no heartbeat was heard and there were no further gasping responses. I can't think of any natural disease process that would allow the heart to restart later when you've not been able to restart it with resuscitation. That suggests that whatever catastrophic event caused his death was reversing. I don't understand that from a natural disease process. After it became apparent that he wasn't going to survive, it was a number of hours before baby C actually died and I think the jury have heard that Lucy Letby had to be told to leave the parents of baby C alone as they were saying goodbye to their son and to focus on her designated baby in nursery three.
2: Yeah, baby C's mother by now had telephoned her husband who'd arrived at the hospital and their son was later baptised. Doctors made him comfortable and the couple were taken to a private room to cuddle him as he passed away. But the father later told police that a nurse he thought may have been Lucy Letby came in with a ventilated basket. She told the couple, You've said your goodbyes. Do you want me to put him in here? The father said the comment shocked him because their son was still alive. The nurse backed off and tried to defuse the situation, he said but I couldn't believe she'd said that. And as
1: we just mentioned, Liz, Lucy Letby was supposed to be in nursery three during this period of time.
2: Yes, the shift leader told the court that she had to remind Lucy Letby more than once to concentrate on her designated baby and come out of the room where baby C's parents were cradling him in his final moments. Although he still had a heartbeat, doctors explained he'd suffered catastrophic brain damage due to being deprived of oxygen, and the nurses gave him morphine until he passed away.
1: Afterwards, a post-mortem was carried out at Alderhay Children's Hospital, and I think his death was initially put down to natural causes.
2: Yes, but when Dr Dewey Evans, that's the prosecution's expert witness that we've told listeners about previously, examined BBC's medical notes and the reports from other clinicians, he concluded that the death was actually not natural. The prosecution say this is the first time Lucy Letby killed a child by injecting air, not into the bloodstream, a technique that they say she used before, but instead directly into his stomach via a feeding tube. Dr Evans told the jury that this inflated his stomach like a balloon, causing his diaphragm to splint and not work properly, eventually causing him to suffocate.
1: Shortly after Baby C died, Lucy Letby finished her night shift and minutes after she went off duty around 8am, she was messaging her colleagues again.
2: Yes, another nurse, Jennifer Jones-Key, WhatsApped Lucy Letby to ask her how the night shift had been and they began exchanging messages. These have been voiced by actors and start with Lucy Letby's reply at 8.42am. It just wasn't a great start to shift, but sadly it got worse. I was struggling to accept what happened to baby A. Now we have lost baby C overnight and it's all a bit much, kiss. It will be, but it does happen to these babies unfortunately sometimes. Maybe you'll feel better when you know what happened to baby A. So sad. It's a very sad part of our job and I think because we don't see it as much, it's harder. I know it happens, but it's still so sad and cruel, isn't it, kiss. This is why we have to pull together and look after each other. You do need to try to switch off and get some sleep. I just keep seeing them both. No one should have to see and do the things we do. It's heartbreaking, but it's not about me. We learn to deal with it. It's horrible and heartbreaking. I don't think those babies ever leave you. It's not about me or anyone else. It's about those poor parents that have to walk away without their baby.
1: So, Liz, the prosecution say Lucy Letby suffocated Baby C by injecting air into his stomach via a feeding tube, but the defence say he was actually too poorly to be cared for at the Countess in the first place.
2: Ben Myers' casey is defending Lucy Letby and he suggested to the jury that Baby C was so small that it was borderline whether he should have been treated at the Countess and that he should have been moved to a specialist hospital. He questioned whether a nurse as inexperienced as Sophie Ellis, who had been qualified for less than a year, should have been charged with looking after him. Mr Myers also said that Lucy Letby disputed Sophie Ellis and Mel Taylor's recollections that she was in Nursery One when Baby C suffered his fatal collapse. Mr Myers said Lucy Letby simply wasn't there until later, when she came in to try and help save him. And I think Mr Myers
1: also insisted that it was impossible to exclude infection as the reason
2: for baby C's collapse because he was being treated for pneumonia. Yes, and he also suggested that air which could be seen in his small intestine on an x-ray taken a day before his death and bile that was aspirated from his feeding tube indicated that baby C had a blockage in his bowel. But
1: this theory was discounted in court by Dr Gibbs and the prosecution's expert witness Dr Evans and Dr Sandy Bowen, who examined
2: his medical notes after he died. Yes, they said that if the infant had a blockage, it would have been evident at post-mortem after his death. And although the pneumonia made resuscitation attempts harder, the infection was not the cause of his fatal collapse. In fact, both the prosecution's expert witnesses said that baby C was being successfully treated and was improving when he died. That's it for episode
1: five. Next week, we'll focus on baby D. She's the only baby in this case who was not born prematurely. She was in the neonatal unit
2: with an infection. Baby D was allegedly murdered by Lucy Letby by having air injected into her bloodstream eight days after baby C. Her mother is the first parent to give live witness evidence in the case.
1: Hope you can join us. In the meantime, Liz will be in court all week. You can follow her daily reports in the mail and on Mail Plus.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. I'm coming to one anyway.
1: Hi, I'm Gemma Collins and this is everything I know about
0: me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again, because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. Unashamed. And
1: I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have Carol toe.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah, I remember that
0: being really stressful. Everything I you Know About Me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts.